Think of the best party you've ever been to. Who made that happen? Today we find out as we go behind the scenes with event producer extraordinaire Ty Cupping, CEO of Tiger Productions. He's the guy you call when you want to blow out movie premiere or raise $500 million from your university's alumni. He takes us into every step that goes into planning and producing these giant events. This is Colby Howard Wants Your Job. Like, subscribe, share it with all your friends. As always, we're learning together. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Colby Howard Wants Your Job, the show where we find out what the heck everyone else does with their day. I love our guest today because we are talking about a topic that we know the outcome of, event planning. We go to an event, we love it, we enjoy it, but how does it actually happen? Who puts it together? How complicated? How hard is it? That's why we're talking to Ty Kupig, CEO, founder of Tiger Productions, based in Boston and New York, doing high-profile events. We're getting into it. Ty, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Colby. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to <laughs> digging into it. Your day-to-day. My day-to-day, yes. So, I said no curveball. I don't know. This, I don't think this is a curveball. Okay, we're going right in. Yes. Okay. okay. Your apartment in Boston yes. is gorgeous. Oh, and I'll give you 99% of the credit for that, and not Brian. <laughs> oh, we're, not, we're not naming names, but there might be truth in that. Yeah. Do you think to be a good event planner, whatever that means, you inherently have to have good taste? That's a great question. Um, yes. And that's going to, I, I do, <laughs> but that is from wearing the hat that I wear. I think yes. it depends on your clientele. I think it depends on what type of planner you are. Also, how much, how focused are your events on the design? What's an example of an event that wouldn't be focused on the design? I think a conference, which technically is something that an event mm -hmm. planner that some would specialize in, that is less of a lift on the design side. It's more logistics. It's more um, database management and run of show. Um, so that's a very different area of the event industry than than what we specialize in. Interesting. So let's say we you're at a corporate event that is using the five conference rooms of a hotel. Right. And they have a they have name tags at the bottom when you yep. walk in. That is a corporate event where as long as it runs smoothly, everyone knows it looks the same as every other conference they're going to have there, and it doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes that's beneficial, right? Because in those cases, it's really about the program of the conference, the content, the material. Yeah. And one could argue that the design could be distracting from that. Do I agree with that? No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say that, no, because ultimately, thinking through the entire guest experience can mm -hmm. actually help elevate a message and can really kind of bring more attention to it rather than distracting. Um, gotcha. But I think that's a very subtle approach. But to get back to your question, really on on bringing tasteful thought and style to the mm -hmm. event world, I do think that's a necessity. Part of our job is also to think through that think is what is the right mix for our clients, right? What is the right aesthetic? What is the right look? What is the perception of doing something a certain way? And kind of dancing the fine dance of taking client ideas, bringing some of them to the table that are great ideas, mm -hmm. that are tasteful things, that are all of this, and others that um, might not work well. Our role is also to diplomatically say, you know, 
thank you, no thank you, or I love that thought, how do we take that as an inspiration? And and that's really what I focus on more. I don't like saying no to our clients. Right. It's saying, okay, this is something you're focused on, so inherently there's a value in that. Is it the right thing? If it's not, how do we make it the right thing? In that regard, we were talking earlier about the event you just did for Babson College. Yep. I think the goal was to raise a hundred million, and they raised five hundred. Is that five hundred? Was their was oh, okay. their campaign goal? And they hit it. Um, and they hit it, and, and they surpassed going. it. Okay. So they just were like, "Great, high five. And they they keep <laughs> they keep going. So they're on their way to seven hundred fifty million, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Um, Babson's an awesome school. It is. It's a powerhouse. And the only reason was because the event you threw, right? That <laughs> that they raised five hundred. <laughs> well, I can't take credit for the fundraising <laughs> as much as I would like to, but it was definitely worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. And um, and basically, the the guests that evening were um, were major donors. Got it. Uh, so it was it was really a thank you, and let's all be together here, even though it's four hundred fifty mm -hmm. of us. Let's make this an intimate evening of thank you, of celebrating, and also of looking onward and yeah. to the future. And how do we make this a billion? And so if we can use that event as a as an arc. Yep. Um I'm fat it was in a gym, right? It was. So masquerading it, as something completely different. It was. And I feel like and I've been saying gym, and every time I want to slap myself because it's really not a gym. They built a beautiful athletics complex. Oh, it's an athletics complex. Um, I think back in – it's an athletics <laughs> complex. It's a, it is in an elevated gym. Um, and that was actually their campaign is elevate. Celebrate and elevate. Got it. So okay. if you hear me saying that, it's ingrained it's now. Still there I, I have week. I have drinking the, the Babson Kool-Aid, <laughs> and I'm now on the bandwagon. Um, so when they – how did they find you? Or are, did you, was it like an RFP and they had five different like event planners and that you all had to pitch them? What What's right. that in first interaction? Yeah, it's a great question. And that definitely applies to the industry mm -hmm. and to, to some of our projects. This, it was by referral. Um, so our one of our clients there had been at Boston Magazine and we had worked together there. She was very impressed with our work. We had a great synergy, which mm -hmm. which is also very important. So there was already that that relationship in that way. And so when this came up, my client said, we want you to do this. We think you would be fantastic. We need to make a very different experience. And they do a lot of events, but they wanted this really produced. Gotcha. Um, and so going back to the location, so this athletics complex was imagine three basketball courts in length. Okay. So huge interior space, basically brand new, has never been used for an event. So all of these things are like, you know, light yep. bulbs are going off in my head. And you haven't seen it yet. They're just giving you the concept. They're the giving beginning. me the concept. And what I loved about that is that we're taking, we can kind of take ownership. You know, we're not renting a property right. um, or a venue. So ultimately, there is no one to answer to but to our clients. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of created a lovely, like, wide lane to work within. Well, that's in So an example of having a third party would be Babson comes to you and says, we want to rent out the public library. Mm -hmm. And now right. you're dealing with the client and the public library, some of which you exactly. can't control what the public library's policies are. And that gets Correct. a lot messier. Yep, exactly. So sorry, more complicated. Yeah, it's more complicated and it's doable. And in most cases, that mm -hmm. that is the situation. But there's cost involved. There's protocol. There's restrictions that are different. 
Um, the public library is also an example where mm. it's a public space that oh, we don't get. Right. We wouldn't get access until 5 p.m. the day of. To which, set up. To set up for an evening event. This event started at about 6.30. Uh-huh. It was on a Thursday. We started set up first at 7 a.m. on Monday. That's so amazing. this was, a, it's a long, long process. That's a great pal. That's a great kind of canvas to work on. Yep. And we time-lapse the whole thing from start to finish. So literally <laughs> the first person coming into this space to uh-huh. the last guest leaving and everything that happened in between with the whole build, with the event itself. Um, but it's uh, it's an interesting process. And I think people don't don't understand what goes into events. That's why we're here. They That's just exactly say, oh, why they're we're like, here. this is great. Did you, you know, did you set up a couple hours ago? I'm like, no. This when is, did you get here? This has been five days of production and fabrication and installs. After and, yep. weeks of design and planning. Absolutely. So Absolutely. If, can we start at the beginning of that? So they have a concept. You go to the gym. What, how long does it take and what are those conversations like? To get to, is it a final sketch? Is it a build on a computer? Like, what does that look like? So this definitely, there was a transformation aspect. So originally this started as basically a, just a a celebration, a cocktail Mm -hmm. reception and seated dinner. And I don't mean to say just in the simplified way, but a more traditional format. Mm -hmm. Easy, done. We've done it a million times and we would do it really well and it would be full of cool new ideas. Mm -hmm curveball mid-design process and mid-production process was actually want to change all of that. We want to build a theater so guests arrive, they sit down, and we talk about the campaign, which Mm -hmm. absolutely makes sense from a messaging standpoint. And then we want a big reveal into a celebration, like into a big, huge, like cocktail, amazing food, let's party kind of atmosphere. Got it. Which I loved. I said, mm-hmm. great, we've done that. And we've done that before um, for actually a, a film premiere that we did for James Cameron. We built a Hollywood quality 3D studio. Uh-huh. And that's the best is when mm-hmm. is when we get to work with clients that think big and we figure out, okay, great, let's go for all the big and figure out the pieces we can do, the pieces that don't work, but they're cool ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really a fun project. In this case, you have the basically the pre-party and the and the actual party is the two things you're trying to design into right. this gymnasium space. Right. So basically, like the program, which which was very cool, we kind of took inspiration from like a TED talk in the mm-hmm. sense that it's a large room, but you want all of the attention on that speaker on stage and a huge info wall. So we did a 40 foot by 13 foot LED wall. Um, So just like this really cool anchor point, Mm -hmm. speakers on stage that were all lavalier mic'd so they could just walk the stage, no one behind a podium, kind of like in a stationary traditional format. So it was almost, I'd almost say conversational in the Mm -hmm. sense that it was we're talking. I'm telling you about all these amazing things that are happening at Babson, about the students, about the programs, about new facilities, all of these great aspects. And I just want, and it's like I'm talking to you Interesting. times 450. And yeah. so you're, I'm, it sounds like, and let me know if you think a little about this differently, you're envisioning this outcome. You're envisioning yep. someone's going to be walking on the stage. There needs to be a focal point on them. The info wall will help keep everyone on message and know exactly what we're focused on. Yep. And then you walk into this gym and you're looking around. Sorry, athletic complex. <laughs> and I'm guessing you're thinking this can't have any resemblance to a gym. Correct. When people walk in. 
Correct. So when you have like a canvas like that, Ty walks into a space. What what starts to happen in your head? What are the things that start to click? What are you writing down? How does that work? Yeah. Um, so immediately, so my background is architecture. Okay. So my brain goes to how do we use this space, whether it's a blank canvas that is just great. We could see as much as we want or cover up as much as we want. In this case, it's a beautiful complex, but it's athletics. It's yeah. not It's not telling the story of the night. Um, so we did cover everything. We draped the whole space. We went through weeks of engineering to, um, to test and have the beam certified for rigging lighting and sound. And, and really, it was a, a pretty significant production. But it was all in my head, and our projects tend to be. I, I'm definitely a creative thinker, uh-huh. and I like to think that I'm very good at building out our projects internally. Um, and the most exciting for me is when it really does translate almost to a T in person mm-hmm. and kind of I walk into a finished space and say, this is basically like it all came <laughs> together. Like this is pretty spot on. Uh-huh. Um, so it was a, a, an exciting one in that way. And then the celebration space, which was the reveal, was really then the wow in a different way um, in the sense that we had we did something called a kabuki drop where draping is, is released. Drop? So imagine 20 foot walls of draping uh-huh. surrounding and then suddenly the draping just goes and falls and is immediately swept away, revealing this incredible celebratory space beyond. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is it rare? When I think event planner, I don't think load-bearing beam management. Like <laughs> You don't think construction has? <laughs> exactly. You don't think? Like, I, I get it now that you say yeah. it. Is it either... Is it rare for that to be a background for event management? It sounds like an absolute advantage on your side. Right. And or does every event planning firm need to have someone on staff like that? Mm. Or is it ju- it just depends on the scale of the events that you do? Uh, it's, a, it's a mix. It's unusual to have to come from an architecture background mm-hmm. into events. Um, I think people get into this industry from all different sides. Sometimes it's floral. Sometimes it's food and beverage. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hotel management. And sometimes it's kind of marketing and internal planning. So the architecture you don't hear about often. For me, I think of it as a huge asset. Yeah. And it definitely, definitely directs and influences um, how we approach events. Uh, and I also use the word producer a lot, which I think is different than planning. For us, the level of production that we do requires huge foresight and design in all of these different areas. That's a little bit more unusual, and it becomes kind of a different thing, I think, in the in the industry. And it, But it also allows you to take on different types of clients and different projects. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that, I'm just trying to figure out how it plays out, kind of one level below you, less holistic than you are would be i have an idea for an event yep i'm gonna find vendors i know one vendor is going to come in for food and beverage and they're just going to do their thing Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know what food and beverage is going like needs to look like and so there's a little bit more you're more integrated yes you have vendors but you're more integrated with each one of those vendors. Is that a fair way to, definitely. to put it? Okay. Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, the way that we kind of um, discuss this with our clients is you're coming to us. We are your go-to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about contracts with all these different vendors. You don't have to manage them. You don't need to answer their questions. 
that is us. So I kind of think of it's full service, it's turnkey. And in many respects, it's like a concierge service mm -hmm. as well, where we're really, really taking the burden off of our clients. Um, and they appreciate that. And I would say it's unusual more so because our clients say that and they say, wow, I didn't know this exists. <laughs> this is the most amazing thing ever. Wait, uh -huh. I don't need to do any of these things. I say, no, literally mm -hmm. you need to tell me the date, how many guests, you know, budgetary parameters and what are our, what are our goals? What's important to you, mm -hmm. right? The rest, it will still be a collaboration, but we're going to like, we're going to run, we're going to go with it. And what's the process? You walked in, you had a vision. How do you get the final mm -hmm. sign off on this is the vision and you have the okay to execute on it? So it's kind of a three-step process. Mm -hmm. One is laying out the space. So that goes back to the architecture side where literally we will develop plans that show where exactly everything goes. Mm -hmm. It shows the scale. It highlights that there is enough flow around the bars. It highlights where all of these hmm. different components are, which are really key. So the architecture plays a huge, huge role in thinking, for me, that is not how an event will look and will it be beautiful, it's will it function? And that's actually the most important thing. Can we right? talk about that for a second? Because yeah. it's like, we have people over to our, over to our apartment yeah. and we always wonder how come everyone's in the kitchen? Yep. Like no one is leaving. We have all this space. Sorry, it's a New York apartment. We don't have all this space. We have some other space yep. outside of the kitchen. How come everyone's congregating here? Right. Flow and making like, okay, there's two bars and they're actually on opposite corners or they're actually next to each other. Mm -hmm. You've seen all these events before play out poorly, play out well. How, when you're looking at a blueprint, are you just envisioning people walking and seeing where choke points could be? Like what totally? How is that? Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, and part of it is just from being seasoned and and having produced so many events, mm -hmm. I know what works and I know what doesn't. And before I started my company, when I was very junior in, in the industry and really learning about it and mm -hmm. starting from scratch, I saw things that didn't work well. And uh -huh. I think like that was something that really played in when I created Tiger Productions was what are the things that I have seen that don't work? What are the things that work well? And at the time I, I was very young. So these weren't my decisions to make, but I remember having gut feelings oftentimes being mm -hmm. like, this does either does not seem great for the client, or I don't think this will work. And when they didn't, you know, take note. I, I think if you look at our work, you will see through lines in organization, in mm -hmm. wow moments, in some visuals that kind of you could call signatures of us. But each project is very different and it's for the client. And it is not meant to be just a showcase of this is what we want to do because we feel right. like it. It's because Thanks it ties for your money. back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're going to turn out and we never reuse designs, which is something that is not always the case in the industry. If you said, I really love what you, you know, this color palette that you did at this last event, I'd like to see some of that here. I'd say, great, definitely noted, but how do we take that yeah. and do something that is even more bespoke to you mm -hmm. and goes beyond, right? And also, what did we learn from the last project? What, what's one thing where we said, oh, this was so good, <laughs> but it would have been a tiny bit better uh -huh. if we did this? We take that and we apply it to the next. So Got that's it. our aim is always, always, always kind of find a way to take things to step it up. 
which becomes challenging. But I, I think there's always a note or something where we say, great, we learned along the way and we're going to tweak something or we're going to mm -hmm. do it in a more efficient way or or in a more cost-effective way. And, and that helps our next client. Is there something that comes to mind that people consistently get wrong in events. You walk into an event that you didn't plan and you're mm. like, oh, they're making that mistake again. Oh gosh, now we're getting into, <laughs> now we're getting shady. Okay. I don't want you taking pot shots, um, but some of the things do impact, like there's the, the flow thing I keep coming back to, they do. impact the overall experience. Even if someone looks back and says, yeah, that was a fine party, you look at that and say, that would have been so much better if, be, if not if the ivy was a different shade of green, Right. But if the flow, people mingled yep. more around the entire space. Yeah, it's a great point. I think the big things are number of serving points for alcohol, mm -hmm. right? That's always, bar points are always going to be a thing at every event. And I always say the worst thing, everything could be perfect at an mm -hmm. event. If someone has to wait in line for a drink, that is the, that's what they're going to remember, yep. um, among other things. But that's one of the most common. It's that and valet and waiting for a car for too long. Interesting. Which uh, even after an uh, incredibly successful event. So when we're thinking about bars, we're thinking about how are we dispersing them so there's multiple points. In Babson, what we did actually is we did one huge central bar. So we actually did the opposite. Circular? So like a oval shaped. We call it a racetrack bar. Okay. So it's like a long, a, a long oval. Mm -hmm. But it was so large that it was beyond what needed. So there was, I think, 10 bartenders for 400 guests, which is a really nice, uh -huh. that's a nice ratio. Um, so we did the opposite, but typically what you want to do is you kind of want to spread people to different areas of the room. So as a room or a space fills up, there's kind of a natural distribution of people. Um, so that is important. Temperature is hugely important. Mm -hmm. So we always, always think through, okay, is it comfortable right now? That means it's going to be too hot once the event starts. How do you, but like you're talking about a space that's three basketball courts big. Yep. You turn on the eight, you turn on the heat, the heat rises. Like yeah. have So we did test runs for about two days before of, mm -hmm. all right, how long does it take to cool down this space? Wow. Does it get too cold? What does that mean when you have 450 people in it? Mm -hmm. Are we estimating that then that'll balance this temperature enough? So we went we we went from Arctic in that space to like the Sahara in a matter of hours and tested it all and it was great the evening of but you have to do these things and think about them in advance and and I think that's the big takeaway in events is the forethought mm -hmm. and the problem solving right so when I explain this and and when I talk to people that are new to the industry and are really interested and you know, what are the takeaways, Ty? Like, what are the big important things? I say it's problem solving and thinking through all these aspects. You can think of it in like the five senses, right? Mm -hmm. Is what are you going to taste, touch, smell, hear, and one more, right? Am I missing <laughs> I one? But all of those things you have to think through. Yeah. What does that mean? And if something doesn't work, what's the backup plan? So you do all of this diligence before and think through, okay, let's take this time to figure this out. But then the night of, if it's feeling off, how quickly can we respond? And Temperature seems like a, a like a silly thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually super important, but it could be anything. It could yeah. be what happens if the kitchen light's on fire? What if there's a storm? What if, mm -hmm. and we've seen it all. We've seen it all. I mean, and the you're key- You're in Boston. You've seen yeah. <laughs> no, some we've weather seen, events. Uh, we have seen everything. And the I think the key and the magic um, to this industry uh, is being able to to problem solve on the on the fly to 
plan in advance, but kind of be ready for anything and also to stay calm because you really have to be. It sets the tone for everyone, for your clients who are running on anxious anyway because yeah. they are, they're not just hanging out that night. They have an objective for themselves. They have a work initiative. They have all of these things. If you're creating that environment, then it creates an easy dialogue. People are comfortable. They're going to do their best and they're going to want to be there, which is really key. Right. Um, is I think treating people well and being calm and being cool and fun and nice to work with mm -hmm. is really, really, really important, right? Those vendors, correct me if I'm wrong here, I probably am. The You can have an eye for event planning. You can have a gut feel. It does feel like in the beginning of your career, not having or needing to cultivate for the first time vendor relationships feels mm -hmm. like it's not a high barrier to entry, but one of the things that people might not think about as you actually have to do a ton of work to cultivate those and yes. 10 years into the business looks very different than your first year in the business. Absolutely. No, it's it's totally right. I mean, the th interesting thing about vendors, right, especially with social media now, is anyone co can kind of smoke and mirrors make something look good. So it's tricky, mm -hmm. right? A vendor that you find on social media could have beautifully photographed photos and you say, wow, that I want to work with them. You don't know until you actually work with someone or at least you start the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, you know red flags, you know the questions to ask. So now I have a pretty good sense when we're reviewing new vendors from the get-go. The mm -hmm. first, first conversation I say, they're going to be a good fit or mm, they're full of BS, this stay clear. And and I'm not a gambling man. I don't take chances. <laughs> so it's if I don't feel 100%, they're not getting in the door with us. Absolutely not. But as far as vendors that we develop, relationships are so important in this industry. They're important with your clients. They're equally as important with, with your vendors, right? It's not only do you enjoy working together, but actually the work that you can do together is that much better because of your history, mm -hmm. right? And And again, because I think if you enjoy it, you're going to care more. Our vendors are going to really care about the projects, and it's not just uh, this is another gig. It's right. we're really excited when we get to do projects with Tiger because of their thinking, of their creativity, because they are fun to work with, or because they really appreciate us and mm -hmm. say please and thank you and like amazing job and all these things that seem like no brainers, but mm -hmm. they go a long way and they really are important. Let's do a throwback yeah. to. So I was in LA trying to act for a year and a half. Yes. So I did some catering jobs. Okay. I wouldn't trust any of the people that I worked with <laughs> to do any event <laughs> with you ever. Um, but they, we were at a beautiful classic car gallery. Yep. And part of it was, hey, let's make sure we don't ruin any of these million dollar cars, both guest-wise and hourly worker-wise. Were you at Peterson? Um, it must have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peterson yeah, 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 yeah. Automotive Museum. Amazing, <laughs> amazing space. I love cars, so that place to me is like the holy grail. People were putting like champagne glasses on like old Bugattis. Oh. It was it was fantastic. So you have a vision. Yep. Babson is trying to raise a ton of money. You then go to a vendor that you've worked with before. Mm -hmm. They have to hire... Odds are that they don't have full-time catering employees. Then right. it's hourly. Yep. 
I'm guessing that the nicer the event, the more well-run, the better the relationship, the more people live up to the event on the hourly side. But mm-hmm. there's always, I'm guessing, curveballs when you're working with two re- two or three relationships removed and they're hourly. How do you think about mm-hmm. integrating that aspect? Sure. Someone puts down a plate of great food in front of you, but they just it's an atom bomb when they drop it and they walk away versus someone who very carefully puts it in front of you. Like how, how much control do you seed? How do you attempt to control all those variables? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting world that we're living in, in the event industry post COVID, because there is a lot of people have moved on from this industry because Hmm. our industry was completely dead in the water that whole time. There was no way to spin it Mm -hmm. like, others. I mean, everyone was affected, but this industry, there was no way to do it other than a virtual pivot, which we didn't dive too far into. And that's a whole kind of separate conversation. Uh Um, So what you're finding is there's less talent in the industry um, at every single level. Um, And so for something like that, it does make it difficult, right? Because um, you're dealing with people who may not have the background and kind of that, uh, you know, the same skill set mm-hmm. that others might have before. Um, there might be a smaller pool, all of these things. So I'm super hands-on. Um, when I write an email and have a conversation, the amount of depth and detail that I go mm-hmm. into is excruciating. And probably <laughs> like people are like, we get it, we get it, we get it. But if you don't say it, yeah, and if you don't note it, that is the thing that will be overlooked or that'll go wrong. So you're ensuring quality, but then going over that again. So with the catering teams, we're walking through the run of show. Um, that's the easy part, right? Because that is a schedule. So mm-hmm. great, there's no confusion there. Uh, it's talking about the space. So thinking about spatial planning. Rather, when you have this flow, this this like crowd of people coming into a space, don't stand here with wine right there because everyone is going to stop. So no one will be able to get into the room. It's thinking through. How do things actually mm-hmm. function, not just what seems like a great idea? Um, it's every la- la- layer. It's busing. It's uh, keep maintaining quality. It's temperature. It's how, what's happening in the kitchen. So the catering side is something, even though we're not caterers, mm-hmm. I am not by no means a master chef. I don't want <laughs> to wear that hat. Right. Um, I know what works. I know how to to do it from an event flow, uh, event flow standpoint, and um, and what to be careful of. Being on the ground the night of, yep. Is that that's game day? It's game day. You are you come in early, but once the event starts, are you where are you in the room? Mm-hmm. What's on autopilot? What needs your approval to go into the next stage? What's that night like? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting because I think oftentimes people are like, oh my gosh, it must be, it's really stressful. It's high mm-hmm. pressure, which it is. It's a very, very high pressure um, industry that we work in. I honestly find, kind of, and I'm always surprised and kind of shocked by this, but I shouldn't be at this point after all these years, <laughs> but that the day of I'm usually much more calm than leading up to it. Hmm. So ask me when we're working on a project for a year, I have internal knots in my stomach for a year, for one day less than a year before the project. And then the day of, normally it's it's like, you know what, if we've done it all, right? We've If you've done everything you can, it's like studying for an exam, mm-hmm. right? 
if you study, 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 if you prepare the day of, you kind of can say, you know what? I've done everything I can. I am confident in the amount of work that I've put in. And now you just got to do it. Mm -hmm. I also have a great team. What I look at at doing is delegating um, so that I'm not tied to anything during the night because clients are going to want to look for yeah. me at first and foremost, or they might just say, oh my gosh, I'm having the most amazing time. Mm -hmm. Let's have a glass of champagne together and catch <laughs> up and just like, you know, talk the talk, uh -huh. which is really, which is lovely too. And typically I, I try not to during events, I always have my work hat on, mm -hmm. but you kind of have to, I have to be ready for any of that. So then with my team, what I think works really well is kind of delegating and assigning to different areas. So we'll have one member, especially on a large event like this. So we'll have one of our team who is eagle eyes on food and beverage. And so it's all these things. It's making sure that busing's happening. It's making sure that dishes out are out at a certain time, making sure that uh, everything's on schedule. What if program is running over by 10 minutes? That affects when the next course can go mm -hmm. down, communicating that, all of these things. Another on AV, another on guest experience, which is really just walking in the room and saying, what am I seeing? You know, put mm -hmm. my guest hat on. Is everything fantastic? Is yeah. everything wowing me? If it's not, how do we fix it right now? You know, how do we adjust? Um, and then what that allows me to do is really to just, is to monitor, um, keep an eye on our clients and and just, you know, catch any last details. You said a year. Mm -hmm. How long are you planning these things? It's a range, it's a range. Um, I like to think that we work magic, but I also don't really, I shouldn't share that or be too uh, forthcoming with that. We we have pulled together pretty significant events within one week of planning, which is an extreme. That's mm -hmm. an extreme. I wouldn't- And probably never... very expensive for the client very if expensive. need to rush it. Yeah, I mean- it, Materials and people. And... Exactly. I, I wouldn't say that that would affect necessarily our own pricing. But overnight shipping just but costs more. Exactly. There are some things that will just cost more. It's mm -hmm. shipping. It's other vendors that might not be able to control kind of cost considerations and say, well, to do this, yeah. we can do it, but it's going to it's going to be overtime labor times right. or you know double overtime or something like that. You can work magic in a week, but yeah. you- Time. What is timelines. the longest- lead time you've had in a project? I think a year and a half has been our longest, um, which once you get into it, it's funny because it, it in, in a way it goes by in a flash and the other time you're living and breathing a project for a long time. But it, it reminds me of my work in architecture mm -hmm. um, where we were working on high-end residential and so working on projects for two or three years in the design and build process. Right. So, I mean, it was like you really, you knew the intricacies. So for our clients, a year and a half is the longest. A year is not unusual, especially when we talk about our social clients and our private clients. So we work in corporate, in brand, in all a whole spectrum of like luxury goods, real estate, legal, biomed, household brands, now higher ed, mm -hmm. all these things. We also work in social, which can be milestone celebrations. Barn Bat Mitzvahs will take on several weddings a year, um, clients who just say, you know what, I just retired from my CEO position and I am like, let's celebrate. <laughs> I have worked my butt off for the last X amount of years uh -huh. or whatever it is. My company just sold. Let's like, let's throw a once in a lifetime celebration. 
though and those are really those are really fun those tend to be a longer runway of planning mm-hmm. uh, but six months is a good amount the, in this case this was about I would say about six or seven months of planning from the first conversation going through iterations pivoting um, but what you'll find in this industry is there's always a pivot there's always huh. a wild card and that jack-in-the-box <laughs> moment that I'm waiting for from clients, you know? And I just know. I just uh-huh. know it's going to come. Is it um, because you – they had an idea in their mind, but once you start to visualize it, all of a sudden they start – like they go to the next step? Is that – do you think the no, cause? it's – you know, it's – oftentimes it's out of, out of our client's immediate control. It'll – sometimes it. it'll be that, um, that a CEO or senior leadership uh, – changes their mind on something. And so it's not necessarily the clients, our client who we're working for for and with, their initial objective. And they may say, you know what, I don't love this, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Other times it's something that is based on guest count increasing or decreasing where we say, um, great, we have to change venue or we have to oh, wow. change the design or it's really been everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it all. Um, I think the key with it is you know, not having an attitude about things, you know, changes happen. People don't by nature just want to be difficult and terrible. (laughs) Like that's, you have to like take that out of your head Uh is people need to do what they need to do. There's a reason behind it. So when these things come up and we get these requests, which might be like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like right now, or we're a week out from the event, like not because they're trying to be, you know. They're not trying to ruin your life. No, exactly. So it's, okay. How do we make this happen? Responsiveness, mm-hmm. communication. Why is it happening? And when do we need to have a resolution by? And Got you just it. and you figure it out. Your day to day is obviously it sounds very project based, but odds are it's changing every day depending on what project you're changing on. By the, by changing the by the hour, <laughs> if not by the minute. Yeah. You've got business development. Yep. You've got design. You've got execution. Odds are on what three to four projects at a time. Yeah, more than that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so lots of juggling. So, final question for you. Yes. If you had unlimited budget, what what venue would you choose, Ooh. and what would you do with it to create an event? Let's just call it a big party. Yeah. People people want to go out and celebrate something. Yes. Where would you go? What would you do with it? Okay. Um, I think that's a great question, and this could be anywhere. This anywhere. could be anywhere. Oof. Okay. So I would either build the venue and start from scratch. Ooh. Right? And it could be a temporary okay. venue. I'm not saying I, I know I'm like, you're like, okay, Ty, there is there are some budget parameters. You can't build buildings, but I told you I'm an architect yeah, yeah. by you know, by education. So we're gonna build a building. Okay. And then we're gonna have the event. Um no, I say that because Oftentimes, um, spaces aren't really equipped for all necessities of events. So I'd love the idea of creating something from scratch or possibly doing something from the ground up that's tented so that we basically have a framework, Mm -hmm. right, to then layer on the concept for this amazing celebration. Um, So I, I I would say it's that. I don't think we've worked in so many amazing spaces. I don't feel like... There's, oh my gosh, I, you know, one yeah. day we'll do that. There's always going to be incredible spaces all around the world that we haven't been in for sure. Um, but I can't name one. And I, I think, you know, part of the fun of our projects is I like 
I don't have a dream event because each hmm. of our projects is so different that I enjoy the challenge of figuring out how to make that one special. Um, so it's less of like, oh, one day we'll get to do this. Got it. It's more like we get to do it. We're very fortunate. We get to do it on a daily basis. And it's small, super large, everything in between. Ty, this has been awesome. I, uh, I remember during our wedding was the first time I was part of an event that was mine. Yes. And even though I wasn't the wedding planner, our wedding planner was fantastic. The ownership you feel, the the details you're seeing, the things going wrong, how can we make this right in the moment? Like, I got a taste of it, and it's exhilarating. Mm -hmm. I think part of it was because it was mine, and sure. people are there, and you want people going to associate it with you. Right. But I do think I was excited to talk to you because figuring out how the entire thing – we we danced inside. It rained the day of. Right. You had – I mean, talking about – something out of your control and a big right. pivot. You had such a good example of switching the basically the whole timeline. The whole, yeah, the whole run of show. They, the hotel staff took in an instant all the furniture out of this one room. Right. And then the next morning we all showed up and it was all back in the same exact place. And like, the magic someone of was events. on it. Someone was on it. It's a so, good team there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ty, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. This was great. This has been Colby Howard Wants Your Job. We found out a lot more about what event planners do. Look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thanks again.